1: Hey, y'all, it's Alante, and you're listening to Black and in Grad School, the podcast that helps women and people of color like you excel in this journey. If you're listening, I believe you are an aspiring or current scholar who wants to successfully navigate this process. By sharing my experience while pursuing my Ph.D. and interviewing other black graduate students or early career professionals, it is my hope that you can glean encouragement, advice and strategies that you can apply to your journey. Thanks for listening. Today, we are talking about something that is so, so, so important, um, is our presence. Uh, As grad students, we are responsible for juggling a lot of things with something that probably often gets thrown to the wayside or kind of forgotten about while we're trying to shuffle and balance all the other things we have on our plate, is really preparing ourselves for life after graduate school and having a presence online and in person that resonates and helps attract the right opportunities, the right um, research collaborators, whatever, what have you. And so today I'm super duper excited because we are going to talk to a heavyweight in the personal branding game that is going to give us a lot of insight, give us a lot of information about how we can really present our best selves. And today we're going to be talking with the founder of Fancyfied, which is an empowerment lifestyle brand with a vision to scale empowerment globally. And we're talking with Miss Fancy herself, and who realizes through her vision and her mission that she can help people harness the power of positivity, unity, and to create new and favorable possibilities. And she's, like I said, a heavyweight, just a couple receipts. She's a ARP, LinkedIn, McKinsey, Louis Vuitton, what Hennessy, we all know what that is, Dior Beauty. She's done events, workshops, talks, everything. Yahoo Finance, Cosmo, Black Enterprise, just killing it. And I'm just so grateful to have you, Miss Fancy, on the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Alante. Um, I'm sincerely
2: humbled by your uh, your your introduction. It was so funny because as you were going through that, I was mm-hmm. just getting excited. I'm like, "Oh, this is gonna be good." As yeah. though it wasn't like me, you're gonna be talking to. <laughs> Well, so thank you for your infectious energy <laughs> oh
1: absolutely absolutely I'm so so happy like to even be talking to you because I know this is something that we all really need to be thinking about and especially as um like I said we're all as grad students wanting to do well but this is something that in academia doesn't get talked about doesn't get done very well because it's not our area of expertise right we're focused on these other things so we're just happy we get a moment to you know I won't say pick your brain but really get your insight and get um, really, you know, kill it. Oh, and you have a TED talk. What? How did I forget to mention this? Oh my gosh. So um, with all of that, I have to ask you, you know, we always like to hear the backstory when we're talking um, with our guests and how did Fancy come to be and what was your moment that you realized this is really what you were meant to do?
2: That is a phenomenal question. And I'll um, I will preface what I'm about to say with this sort of mantra, which is that purpose is the genesis of genius. Mm. And so, what I mean by that is, I am a firm believer in you know each individual on this earth having a unique value proposition. I often use the uh, analogy that as you know, unique as your fingerprint, there is a unique purpose to why you came to this earth to contribute in a way that only you can contribute to enhancing our society. So um, with that in mind, I I started my, my career as a fashion stylist. And so, you know, I, when I graduated college, I decided, I don't know if I decided or sort of people decided for me because mm-hmm. I'm a very, I'm a very like artistic, creative person, but my philosophy is that my, my body is my, my canvas. Yeah. So I would be very expressive with, like, what I chose to wear. It would eventually be integrated into the Fancyfied brand in uh, my tagline where I used to say, Fancyfied is where art meets fashion. I think that stemmed from, you know, since I was, like, very, very, very young. But when I graduated from college, you know, a lot of people were encouraging me to pursue a career in fashion. And this was, like, the early 2000s. Okay.
0: Um,
2: and it was very, like hip hop was like still super duper viable and there was a lot of opportunity in the entertainment industry and a lot of folks were that was the route that they were taking. And so I went I'm from New York. I I moved back to New York from North Carolina when I left school and I started to pursue my career in styling. And the thing was, you know, as a as a mechanism to to generate awareness and to to solicit new business um, I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time, but in retrospect, you know, nearly a hundred years later, <laughs> <laughs> I realized how like how sort of ingenious this was, and, and, and so and so necessary for that type of industry. So I would always get, I would always like dress up. I mean, like I said, you know, I've just been that way since I was a kid and very artistically expressive and very flamboyant, quite frankly. I mean, <laughs> I used to have, I have like curly afro and I would have like the, the top of my hair was like a pink and then the bottom was black. So no, you just no, couldn't no. not see me. You could have not not notice me. Yeah. And people used to say, oh, fancy pants is here, fancy pants is here. So I would show up at events and shoot fashion shoots and whatnot. People always say like without fail, fancy pants. Um, is here and, and has arrived and everything and so for whatever reason that really stuck and it became my nickname and then eventually people stopped calling me fancy pants and, and calling me fancy and so I just I had this nickname and inevitably whether people knew me or not. It would, it would come up the conversation because of the way that I presented myself. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a degree in um, communication. And so there's a um, a subsect of communication, which is non-verbal communication. Sure. And this is the, the your body language. This is what you wear. And this also ties into brand because people are drawing conclusions about who you are or who they perceive you to be based on how you're showing up. So even before you open your mouth and and talk about, you know, what you've done and and what you've accomplished and so forth, people are passing judgment on you. And so I was, I guess, very, you know, conscientious of it um, on a subconscious level, I guess you could say, because I didn't realize how effective the way that I dressed and presented myself would be in attracting people and opportunities to me. so. The styling thing, I would get jobs because people would see me and they'd be like, like who, like who are you, like what's your deal? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a stylist. They're like that makes perfect sense. And that would lead to to opportunities and and partnerships um, with with companies that inevitably allowed me to to work with you know Paris Hilton and and Shakira and Alicia Keys and Little Wayne and and whatnot. However. Fancies about her money, you know, and, right. and like I'm not the type of girl that is gonna, you know, marry wealthy or what have you. Like my parents always instilled the sense of, you know, you need to be independent and you need to leverage your education and your intellect to um to make wealth. So the styling thing, I was finding that there was a lot of like, you know, quid pro quo where they weren't willing to compensate for me, but exchange you know, you know, products and and, and, and whatnot for um, for my my service and expertise. Mm -hmm. But I say that to say I I wasn't able to monetize. And me at at 21, I certainly didn't have the, like, business acumen that that I have now. But after, you know, months of, of not really generating the type of income that would allow me to, like, get my own apartment because I was roommating I had a roommate at the time to get my own apartment and just the things that I wanted to do, the independence that I craved for. Sure. I decided to, to you know, pause. And there, it was an inflection point in my life where I said, you know what, I, I can always get into the hottest nightclubs. I can always <laughs> persuade the bouncers to, to let me into the, the hottest clubs in New York City, so I must be a good salesperson. Alante, I don't know how I came up with that rationale, <laughs> but I did. And I, I cannot even make this up. Yeah. That was legit my rationale. And so I just, this was back in the day when like newspapers, there used to be classified as in the newspapers with jobs and, and help wanted and so forth. So I'm combing through the New York Times. I'm looking for, for job, sales, sales jobs. And I find a, um, a publishing company um, that would, 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 would later on hire me. And that where I started to develop the business acumen mm. that would enable me to merge my um, my affinity for for branding. Right. So eventually, you know, I I got into tech, and I was selling software. And you know, inevitably, like I said, like people would 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 not just compliment me on my outfits. Eventually, they would start to ask me, "Hey, you know, I know you to style. Like, would you dress me for X Y Z function mm. or gala?" And so I was like, "Ooh, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool." You know, I'm a firm believer. All you grad students out there, you know, I know you know, you know, studying and academia is important, but you got to make money, man. You need money to live. Right. So, alternative revenue streams is very. Um, I encourage you guys to be always thinking about it. You know, alternative revenue streams, having a full time job, having a side hustle. These things are they're great. So I say that to say I um at I was at my, my my second tech job I was working for a search engine optimization firm and one of the women she asked me oh fancy will you like come style me she was going out on a date she really wanted to impress this guy so she hired me to style her for this this date wow. and I don't know what or why or how and this is going back to the comment I made before about purpose being the genesis of genius I she comes out of the fitting room with all of the the the, the earrings the, the accessories and the outfit, and the shoes, and everything we put together. And I don't know what possessed me to say it. It was like, she comes out of the fitting room, and I'm like, you've been fancified. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know where it came from. It just was like, fancified? Like, what is fancified? And so that was in 2011. Wow. I had an inflection point in the business again, where I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to style one-on-one and and make a living. So I started to create pop-up shops. And within these pop-up shops, I would buy clothes and accessories. Eventually, I would include art, and I would curate art exhibitions and, and sell art. And that was my approach to scaling this, this, um, this business model, because people would come into these pop-up shops, and I'd be able to style them on-site, and yeah. they would bring their friends, and I'd be able to sell all of the merchandise. Um, and they'd get free, free styling, so it's not really free, but the value add would be styling. Um, and you know, it was like, check it out guys. Fancy five pop-up shops. You can look it up online and, um, you know, in tandem, mind you, I I was doing this in tandem of holding down a full-time job. So I want to introduce, if you guys are not familiar, the concept of intrapreneurship. And that's essentially where you are working for another company, but you're building your own, you know, entrepreneurial endeavor Mm -hmm. within the company. And so that was something, again, in the vein of personal branding, I was showing up to each of these companies, yes, as Lisa, Franco or Mesa, but real like, but a fancy five. So you're and, working
1: really smart.
2: Yeah. Now, another thing I want to stress, Alante, is that as you guys are starting to think about the, the companies that you want to work for, you want to be very mindful of the corporate culture and values, because sure. I was very, you know, um, I was very thoughtful about only aligning myself with organizations and people for that matter that subscribe to this philosophy of upliftment, empowerment, inspiration that that are wanting to leave, you know, people and the world and their customers at large better off after they've encountered, you know, this organization than, you know, or these people within this organization than prior to. So, for example, when I, I worked for, when I got recruited to work for LinkedIn back in October of 2014, I um, I did my research because I wanted to make sure that there was synergy in terms of LinkedIn's corporate culture and values and my own Fancy Five culture, uh, you know, right. corporate culture and values. Of course. And luckily for me, it was very, very synergistic. So, you know, LinkedIn now has 14,000 employees. I was working there for, you know, almost four and a half years. Mm -hmm. I I recently resigned to do Fancy Five um, work full time. But I think that the key takeaways here are to remember that wherever you are, you are there. So from a personal brand standpoint, you want to be careful to not self-identify with the companies that you're working with. Because as you move to another company or, you know, God forbid you get laid off. If that is your identity, you're going to struggle each time you move on to reinvent your brand because your brand is, is, is not your brand. You're yeah. absorbing the brand of the company that you work for. Right. So this is what I was saying to you before about being you know, very thoughtful about defining who you are, what you are, mm-hmm. and what your unique value proposition is.
1: Right, so that sounds like almost like the first step in this personal branding for us is kind of determining what our our own values, our person, you know, our value statements for our lives and for our careers. We need to make sure that's established first before moving forward.
2: Exactly right, and Mm -hmm. so you know, people talk about mission statements. I think that's a really good way to begin to flesh out who you are and, and what your contribution is and, yeah. you know, what value you can offer any organization um, because it's also helpful from a, a structure standpoint, sort of a um, internal, you know, mechanism that, that we can use to keep us in alignment with how we've chosen to define ourselves. So for me, I'm, I'm you know, my values are to uplift, empower, inspire, and unite. And so because that's at the forefront of my mind, when I relate to anyone, whether it be a personal or professional capacity, that's how like it's sort of like the the, the rules and regulations of how I want to interact with them. It's mm-hmm. how I keep myself honest in terms of the dynamic that I, I foster with the people that I interact with. It's not it's not easy. It's very hard because sometimes you just wanna be like, get out of my freaking face, you know what I mean? Like you <laughs> wanna be like You know, your emotions can can get, like, the best of you sometimes. Sure. But I think having clarity on these things can help create a much better, more emotionally stable, um, emotionally intelligent individual that will help you in the long run create more opportunities, professionally and personally, and develop better relationships.
1: Yeah. I think that's really – I think that you've really – I've already – Fancy, you've shared like so much with us about you know one having again having your own identity so that you can make sure that you do align with these these institutions or these companies that we'll work for work with and for later, and then still also having this identity so that we don't absorb the identity of these these businesses. This is a they're, you know their businesses and their their goal is to either generate you know revenue if it's like in corporate America or even at the at the academic level it's to you know grad you know complete graduate students like that is the outcome the the desired output and to generate um prestige through research and creating new knowledge so while we all uh, those things align with who we are they're not all that we are and so we need to have our own set of you know, like you said, uh, mission statements and rules and regulations so that we can operate in those spaces really um true to self. And I think it's something also you didn't even like highlight but in telling your story about how Fancy Fight came through or came to be came to into existence is you've just been truly yourself and true to yourself in all the spaces that you've occupied.
2: Well, I will I will I will um snap it up. I will <laughs> Clap it up! I will hug it out. I mean, yeah, you know that's one of the things. <clears throat> excuse me, that's one of the things about me. And I, I guess I could, I could, um, I could talk to my um, why I've been so like authentically genuine. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a household because, you know, I'm I'm of Haitian descent and my family was super conservative. You know, like I grew up in a household where children were meant to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always very boisterous. I was always very rambunctious. I was always an independent, um, very independent spirit. And I and I just, my family tried to really suppress that. And they didn't mean it. And I, I don't, it wasn't ill intentioned. It wasn't malicious, but it was what it was. Yeah. And so I guess I just always grew accustomed to sort of, being who I was and just standing firmly because I had been defending who I was since I was a child. Like, mm-hmm. I never conformed. Mm-hmm. I never would allow anyone to tell me what I should look like and what I should talk, how I should, how I should speak, and, and how I should present myself. I was always, I guess you could say, an outlier. You gotcha, know, I, yeah. I never really fit into the, the proverbial box. Like, if you guys look me up, you will never think that I'm in tech, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I cut my teeth in tech in sales, like selling complex software solutions. So it's not like I was um, in HR or or what have Mm -hmm. you, um, Mm -hmm. really, like, on the business side of the house. And so if you were to look at me, you wouldn't think that that is what I, I do. But I think that's part of the novelty, right? Because I think that when you're your true self, people don't necessarily understand and or cannot comprehend who you are and what you have to offer until they engage you. It's it's I'm a big art fan for example. I love art, particularly abstract art. Abstract art is is the art that doesn't look like, you know, it's not like a a portrait, sure. it's not like a Mona Lisa. Yeah. It's more like a um like a what's, that? what's an example? A Jackson Pollock, it's, um um Mondrian. Anyway, point on me I'm like yeah, you're more well versed much... in art than I am but I... <laughs> I'm like <laughs> yeah I was yeah. just trying to throw out some names in the event that anyone wants to, to look them up mm-hmm. um Mondrian is m-o-n-d-r-i-a-n I think Jackson Pollock is considered an abstract artist as well but moral of the story is that you know I'm really an artist um you know at at heart mm-hmm. and although I don't paint and sculpt I I guess you could say I'm 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 like a I present myself in a very artistic manner, yes, right? Yes. And I'm very creative. But point I'm making is that, you know, the reason why abstract art really resonates with me is because you're stepping into the imagination of the artist. They're not telling you know, they're not replicating what we see in, in you know, our day to day lives. And That's I love true. the fact that we're getting a different take on reality based on their perception because of the fact that it's causing us to re like think differently. You know, it's introducing a new perception. It's introducing a new, um, uh, you know, perspective. And so I say that to say, I, I maybe did not know this when I was younger, but, you know, me 38, I realized, wow, okay, so the way that I show up is a part of my identity. And there are certain things that I want to leave people with that I can project based on how I show up and based on not only how I show up physically, but how I show up online too, and we can delve into, you know, how to uh, ensure that there is consistency with how you show up in person and how you show up in line
1: and how you show up in life, because really life is one indivisible whole. I think, yeah, I I think that we should, we should just go ahead and dive right into it. I, I think that you've shared a lot and given us a lot to think about. And I know a lot of us are th- even myself are thinking okay this is I think all of this is so true and I feel like I have an idea of how I want to present myself moving forward you know right now as a student and then trying to look forward to what I want to become once I'm done you know what should how can we be consistent and authentic right because there's there's an academic side to me that I, that I want to present, but still like, I, I believe that, you know, I'm, I have a lot of personality I feel. And academia doesn't always lend itself to having a lot of personality. And so yeah. how, how can someone, you know, like myself or other students who want to, again, have an authentic version of themselves in this space, how can they, like what, how can they be consistent? What do you, what would you say to them if they wanted to know that?
2: You know, I think that's a really good point. And I just want to highlight the fact that, you know, for me moving into tech, you know, tech is a very progressive, very innovative industry. Sure. And so one of the things that I have to be mindful of is that not every industry is as receptive and as welcoming of, you know, different, you know, like, like different people and, mm-hmm. and different concepts and, we talk about diversity and it's typically within the the race um, or the sexual orientation context, but diversity of thought, you know, like that's another, another really key component. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to like underscore how mindful you have to be about your industry. Right. So I am not terribly well-versed in, in academia. um, But what I will, and, and how, how, um, how uh, receptive academia would be to someone, you know, maybe showing up with pink hair? Right. Uh, there are a but- few.
1: There are hand, There's a handful that you'll see, but they're they're typically in art, right? It's art professors or like I don't think I've ever met someone in STEM. I'm think I'm trying to think through, like a a professor, you know, uh, in STEM with purple hair. Right. Right. Yeah. Well,
2: so Alante, mm-hmm. what I'm about to recommend is, you know, take it with a grain of salt because the, the the context is decisive. And what I mean by that is the there are certain restrictions. Like if I am a, you know, if I'm a doctor, I can't go into surgery in a gown. I have to wear scrubs. Right.
1: So there right. are
2: certain, you know, like rules and regulations that I have to adhere to by virtue of being in that environment. Absolutely. So I, I want to make sure that we are all mindful of the fact that there are certain, um, there's a certain structure that, that we have to work within.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Secondly,
2: I would say that when it comes to being your authentic self, what does that really mean? I think I that we all, must, we all must have clarity on what it means to be genuine and what it means to be authentic for ourselves. And yeah. that requires a deep level of introspection. Mm. It requires a deep level of self-analysis. And so when I was maybe, I don't know how old you are, but when I was your age, I can tell you unequivocally that I didn't know, and I don't know if you can curse on the station, so I'm not yeah, going to say it You can, you <laughs> can. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know my ass or my elbow, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there was no, there was, I don't even think, Fancy five didn't even exist when I was your age, you know? Like I, I had an idea, I had an inkling, but I hadn't crystallized, I hadn't formalized, I hadn't developed a structure or framework around my identity, my my my, my personal, my essence, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you guys haven't done this, it's all good. That's why we're having this conversation because we are hoping that we can inspire you and have this conversation be the catalyst right. in your development of this 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 essence. And I'm not gonna use brand because I think that it can it can have like a you know, it, it, people think about it more in, like, a commercial, sure. um, you know, a commercial context. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. I'm talking about is so much deeper than, like, the commercial aspects of, of who you are. I'm talking about, like, the content of your character. I'm talking about, like, you know, what are the virtues? Like, if Alante were to show up, you know, what are the five adjectives that people would use to describe who you are? Yeah. You know, is that in alignment with what you intended for them or, or how you intend for people to receive you and and perceive you? Mm. So I just want to set the stage with that. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the the showing up in, in, in a genuine, and authentic manner, you have to... Be very prescriptive about that for yourself. Yeah, It's not just my hair and my my outfit right. and, you know, my writing style or what have you. It's all of those things. It's all of the, the different touch points that make up who you are. So when we talk about authenticity, we need to make sure that, one, we have clarity on who we are. And then, two, we are creating a framework in which we can uphold our identity our essence in any environment although it might be at varying degrees
1: yeah you follow my logic yeah you want to be congruent in every space you're in you don't want to yeah but that does take that definitely takes time and i i it's it's the timing for us to even be having this conversation is so interesting because uh, I just turned and um I feel like I've really been take like the last two years I really have taken the time to sit down and think about who it is that I am and what it is how I want to present myself so that when I came into this next decade of my life I wasn't still trying to like completely figure I wasn't starting from scratch or just like no idea and um but I definitely feel like for some of my younger listeners who might have gone straight from bachelor's to grad school you you might have already figured it out and if you did kudos to you but more than likely you are still figuring that out and grad school is really a perfect time to 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 do that type of reflection it really Uh is because it's a protected environment in some ways there's a lot of isolation and time by yourself that you can spend to really think about that. And so I hope that you also recognize this opportunity you have to do that personal reflection. It's not just the professional growth. Um, Cause really we're talking about now, like who, who are you, right? It's what you and I are talking about fancy. And so like, I just want you all to know, like you can take this time and to really, to really ponder that and try to iron out some of those things before you get into corporate or academia or whatever industry you decide to, to pursue. Um, and yeah.
2: Go ahead. Uh, oh, Alante, I was just going to say, I, I think that that is um, a brilliant recommendation. And I would also like to say that, you know, it's, the process is iterative. Mm-hmm. What I mean by mm-hmm. that is you're going to evolve. And as you evolve, you're going to see that there might be aspects of how you've defined yourself at 30, that have changed when you reassess at 35 or 39 or what have you. So be okay with the, with the fact that this is, this is uh, it, there's an evolution, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. the person that you were at 21 is not the person that you are at 31. And so it's important to extend grace to yourself as you go through this process, because I feel like a lot of us want, we want to be there. You know, Mm -hmm. we live in a, of a culture of convenience. And so everybody wants it right now, but this is not necessarily something that you can do in one sitting right. and don't put that pressure on yourself right. because what I'm telling you, what I'm recommending is being an observer of yourself, not mm. just observing your, your actions and observing how people relate to you, but observing your thoughts, Observing how you see things, because that level of conscientiousness will enable you to recognize when you're out of alignment, when you are not upholding your values or you're not in an environment that's conducive to you being your authentic self, you will have the mental wherewithal and the discernment to recognize that. And at which point you can decide, is this a space that I want to be in? Is this a space that I can truly succeed in? Having that level of of thought around how we live our lives is so powerful. It is so empowering.
1: Hey, it's me. It's Lante. I switched it up this week. I know. Honestly, Fancy's episode has so many gems that I just cannot get them all into one show. And so next week, we'll be continuing our conversation where we should be going in and sharing actions you can take to establish your personal brand and strategies that you can use and apply to make sure that you're working, collaborating and connecting with entities or individuals that align with your unique value proposition and your core values. It's so good y'all, it's almost unbelievable and that's why I'm so sad I had to cut it short. But again, we'll be back next week finishing up this episode and I hope you're having a great week while you're listening. I see you. Next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Black and Grad School. For more content to help you on your grad school journey, check out blackingradschool.com. That's B-L-K-I-N gradschool.com. Love this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.